about what all we have in the Lord if we will just tap into it and, and how He gave us His life for our old sinful nature and, and what all that means. And I'm just going to get into a little bit of it today. The exchanged life, it's a principle of the Spirit-led life. We all want to be Spirit-led, don't we? We want more of Him and less of us. I pray that that's our prayer, is more of Him, less of me. Uh, I visited with someone this week talking about uh, the, the selfishness of our hearts and, and, and how we can have more when we really lay our, si our lives aside and let Him rule and let Him reign. And just because we live in the world, we don't have to be of the world. But it's our fleshly nature to want more, 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 more. Gimme, 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 gimme. Amen? Amen. We hear it from our children all the time. And, and, and sometimes that's what our flesh likes to do too. And so we need to crucify that. And the exchange life. Turn in your Bibles to Galatians 2. And let's look at verse 20. This is going to be uh, our text Today I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Father, we come to you now in that mighty name of Jesus, and I pray, Lord God, that every one of us would die to self, that we truly would walk in that exchanged life, that you have so graciously and so abundantly given to each and every one of us. I pray, Lord God, that this would be a day for us to surrender and that our cry would be, more of you, Lord, and less of me. So, Father, I pray right now that you would anoint me uh, with the Holy Ghost to give this message with clarity, with simplicity, and that you would anoint the congregation to, to have ears to hear and hearts to receive and that we would become doers of your word in a greater, greater way. And we give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are crucified with, with Christ. And the very nature, the very essence of Christianity is that exchange life. That's what it's all about, is, is us getting rid of the old and taking on the new. Amen. And, and our sins are nailed to the cross. Look at this cross here. There's 191 flags there. That represents, and you see the crown of thorns at the top, that represents what Christ did for every one of us. He took our sins so that we can have life. That is a great visual. It kind of just puts things in perspective, doesn't it? That he died not just for you, not just, not just for me, not just for you, Chris, but he died for the whole world. He died for the sins of the world. So that is a great visual. It kind of brings home what he did for us, that exchanged life. And so it's because of the cross that we're not the person that we used to be. How many of you can say hallelujah? We're different because of that exchanged life. Him being in us and us being in Him. And Romans 6, turn if you would there, look at Romans 6. Y'all can shout just because there's few of us, so you can still holler. Amen. Romans 6, starting in verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if you be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, 
death hath no more dominion over him. For in, him, in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had you then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, being made free from sin and become servants of God, you have your, your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of, of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? Amen. So we, that tells us we are identified with Christ. In verses 6 through 9, that's what it says. We're identified with Christ. Look at verse 11. We are dead to sin and alive to God. So we have to act like it. Amen? We're getting ready to get into some choice things here. Number, uh, verse 12 says, let not sin reign in your mortal body. So we're not to, to give place to sin. It's not to be any part of us. 13 and 14, sin doesn't have dominion over you. Well, I just can't help but sin just a little bit. Yes, you can. You don't have to. It has no dominion over you. Why? Because of the price that was paid at Calvary. Because of the cross. And 15 through 23 talks about free from bondage. Being free from bondage. You know, sin, uh, the, the devil is a tough taskmaster. And sin is bondage. You just feel like there's no way out. You're on a cycle. It's, it's like riding one of those things at the, at the carnival. What's it called? Ferris wheel. And, you, you know, you just think, is this everything ever going to stop? And it, it just goes on and on and on and on. And sometimes that's the way it is. When we, it, it's always that way. When we're walking in sin, it, we seem that, that, that there's no way out. And in and of ourselves, there is no way out. Oh, but Jesus paid an awesome price so that we can be freed from sin. So we're crucified with Christ because He died in our place. He took our sins and He gave us life. And not just any kind of life, He gave us an abundant life, the Bible says. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, Old things are passed away. Let's just turn there. We know this, this verse. And I love it. This kind of says it all. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. So all those things from the past have been passed away. They're, it's over. It's history. We have been given a new life. We have been given, we have exchanged our life for His life. Amen. Everything that He is, He has given us. We have become. So, walk ye in it. Well, that's a lot easier said than done, Pastor. You, you just don't know. Yes, I do know. I'm flesh and blood. I know how hard it is. We have been tempted with everything. But you know what? So was Jesus. He was tempted in all points, but without sin. We kind of got into this discussion in, in, in Bible school this morning. We're not bound by sin. We're free. There is no more bondage. Philippians 1 verse 21 says, To live is Christ and to die is gain. So our flesh is going to have to be crucified. And it must be put to death in order for us to be alive unto Him. We're going to have to die to flesh in order for us to be alive unto Him. Turn, if you would, to Colossians 3. Well, why are you preaching this? Because I think that it's time that the church come up a step. That we let our light shine in a greater way. Instead of, of shining on a 60-watt bulb, we need a 100-watt bulb. Amen? We need, need to let, we need to be all that we can be because there are souls at stake. Look at Colossians 3, verse 5. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked some time but when you lived in them. But now you also put off all those, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. Amen? In other words, we were, cru we were crucified at the cross. We're up there. We were crucified. So we must treat our flesh as if it's dead. In other words, if you used to cuss, stop cussing. You used to drink, quit your drinking. You used to run around and chase wild women or crazy men, then quit chasing wild women and crazy men. Amen? We're to be doers. I know this is simple, but it's true. And how many of us say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, and then you take that drink? See, it doesn't compute. We're going to have to die to our fleshly self ways. Self. You know, Jesus modeled the exchanged life. John, let's turn in John. Well, I'm going to look at a lot of scripture today. John 14. And you're saying, well, this is hard to do. Well, it's not if you just decide to do it and walk in it. It's not if you understand the price that was paid so that we could have life. It's not hard to do if you want it bad enough. It's not. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want it? 
You know, there's things in this life, in the, in the natural realm that we want, and we'll save and save and save and save until we get it. But sometimes when it comes to the things of God, how bad do we want to walk a holy, selfless life? It requires a price. We can't just get up and turn on CNN or Fox for that matter or anything else and not ever get in the Word of God, not ever spend time at the Master's feet, not ever pray, not ever communicate with, with believers that are like-minded, not ever come to church and expect the blessing of God in our life. It will not work. It just won't. There is a price to pay. Well, I want the gifts of the Spirit to move and op operate in me. Then spend some time with God and, he, and they will. Well, I want to be like Mary Fran. You know what? Mary Fran paid a price. For three years, that prophetess of God spent eight hours a day at her pastor's church. And she prayed and asked God to show her things. And then she would go and bounce it off of her pastor. Pastor, I believe that God is showing me this. What do you think? Before she ever stepped out, she paid a price. She paid a price. And there's a price to be paid if we want more of him and less of us. It's not just going to fall on us like a cherries off of a cherry tree. There's a price to pay. It's going to include crucifying our flesh, dying to self, and being made alive unto him. Amen? Where were we? John 14. Look at verse 10. Believe thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Now look at verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come, yet in a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you shall see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my Father and you in me, and I in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He will come unto to us and make his abode. He will reign. He will reside within us. John 14, verse 6. Look up there. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father but by me. Truth. Jesus has a certain way of doing things. And if we submit to His way, then everything's going to work out. The blessing of God is going to flow in your life. But too many times we argue with Him and we try to get Him to do our thing, our, do things our way. And then we wonder why it didn't work. Don't we? Well, God, I don't want to do that. Can't you just do this? You know, there may be a time that He'll just say, okay, have your way. Just to let you know that without Him you can do nothing. But you can push and push and push and push. You know, and we as Christians need to... Have God's best. I want His very best. I remember when we went into ministry and, and there was a time that, that we, we fought that. I, I said, okay, I repent. I fought it, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and I thought, oh my goodness, this is the craziest thing. And then, you know, people, family members were putting thoughts into pastors' 
mind, but I mean, he stood steadfast because he knew that, that, we'd heard, that he had heard from God. And he was just waiting for Mama to line up, Mama Bird to get in there and line up, you know, submit and line up with not only God but with him. And it was, it was hard. It was hard. Now I forgot where I was going with that thought. What was I? What did I just say? Huh? Verse 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. We have to, do, we have to, 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 to die to what we want sometimes. Our way. That's where I was going. Our way. I hate to think what our life would have been had we gone my way and not obeyed God. You know, in each and every one of us, there is a knowing of what is right. You're either going to do right or you're not. There's a knowing. You know, a child knows the right thing to do, but oftentimes they don't do it. Why? Because of rebellion in their heart and because they're full of self. They're full of self. And if we don't take care of that self, the same thing can happen to us. And, and then we can become hardened. And then we wonder why God is not blessing our life. Our way always will lead to trouble. But if we follow God's way, then we're going to have peace, we're going to have joy, we're going to have provision, freedom is going to come. You know, it's just like Financial Peace University. That plan will work if you work the plan. But if you don't work the plan, you've just blown $100. But if you will do what they say, well, it's too hard. It, causes, it, it requires discipline. Living a spirit-led life, the exchange life, requires discipline on our part. This plan will work if we work the plan. But we can't read it. We can't go out and do what we want to do and then say, well, God didn't bless me. No, I'm serious. Don't look at me like that. It's true. If you want the blessing of God, if you want this plan to work, then you're going to have to work the plan. You're going to have to be obedient to what the Word of God has to say. Well, I can do that, but I'm certainly not going to pay my tithe. Well, then you're disobedient to the Word of God, and you're not working the plan. Well, I'm going to do that, but I'm not going to church up there. Come, bless God, I can just stay home and watch church on the Internet. Well, then do it. And the blessing of God's not going to come in your life. You know, there's principles in this Word for our good so that we can have that abundant life. And if we follow our way, then destruction is going to come. We're going to have to live the exchanged life. If we will obey this word and work the plan, then the blessing of God's going to flow in our life. We don't have to fret. We don't have to worry. Luke 22, you know, Jesus had a will. Turn in your Bibles to, to Luke. I know sometimes I get loud. I know sometimes you're saying, you don't have to scream, I can hear. But sometimes I just have to yell. Luke 22, verse 42. I get intense sometimes about this. Can you tell? This was while Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if thou be willing, 
Remove this cup from me. Now look what he said. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. See, he had a will, and he submitted it to his father. He carried his obedience to the extreme of death. He set the example. He set the example for the exchanged life. He set the example for obedience. I believe that we as a body, we as a body of Christ, as a part of the body of Christ, need to rise up to a higher level of obedience. To be quick to obey and to lay our lives down and follow Him. No matter what the cost no matter what it's going to take. Romans 8. Turn there. If the church is to be what we are to be, we're going to have to rise up to a higher level of obedience. We wonder, I look at at things happening and um, teenagers. It breaks my heart some of the things that some of these young people have to go through. And a lot of it largely I blame the church because we've, we've gotten away from preaching the Word of God because it steps on toes and it requires something of us. We can't have our cake and eat it too. It just, it just is not going to work. You're going to have to choose. Either choose life or death, blessing or cursing. And he tells us to choose life. So we wonder why our, the, the teenage pregnancies are the way they are. We wonder why people are going into schools and, and getting shot. Why? Largely, it's the church's fault, I believe, because we've not trained mamas and daddies. We've not put forth the word of God about his way and not mine. But, oh, just come on in. It's okay. We don't care. We just want you to feel good about yourself. If you want to drink, go drink, and then come, you know, to church. We accept you just the way you are. And we do accept people the way they are. But there's an exchange life that will get you out of bondage. There's an exchange life that will cause you to have peace. There's an exchange life that will cause you to have joy. There's an exchange life that will cause you to live life abundantly, but you're going to have to submit to the plan. Amen? We're going to have to let our light shine like never before. So that means that the church is going to have to come up to a, a higher level of obedience. Romans 8. Look at verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, uh-oh, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit of life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. Glory to God. 
Turn to Ephesians 17. I love this. Not Ephesians 17, Ephesians 4. Verse 17. This I say therefore and testify of the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness, uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, after which, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. See, that's doing it out with old and in with the new. Wherefore, putting away lying, speaking every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that steals steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Crucify our flesh. I ask you today, or have we crucified our flesh? Have we crucified our eyes? Have we crucified our ears? Have we crucified our tongue? Have we crucified our mind? Do we think on the things that are of God? Do we watch stuff that we shouldn't be watching? Do we listen to stuff that we shouldn't be listening to? Have we crucified ourselves? Are we living that exchanged life? Colossians 3. Now understand, you can do all this and not be goofy. Nobody hates goofiness more than me. I like to have fun and enjoy life, and you can without being goofballs. So this is just a normal Christian, everyday life that we should be living. Colossians 3, look at verse 2. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Have our affections been crucified? We're dead, and our life is hid with Christ in glory. So if we want to live that spirit spirit-led life, then the resurrected life that only Jesus can give, then we're going to have to seek that life, that new life, by setting our affections on things 
above and not on things on this earth. Paul is saying here that if we want the good life, then we're going to have to keep our mind on good things. If we want to live that separated life, then we're going to have to be separated from the things of the world. You know, many want the good life, but they don't want to do anything about securing it and walking in it. It's just like many want to be debt-free, but they don't want to quit charging stuff on their credit cards. Well, I don't want to be in debt. Well, then get a budget. Well, I don't want a budget. Well, then stay in debt. I mean, that's the bottom line. See, many people want, 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 want things that will better them, but they don't want to do anything about getting there. And if we want the Spirit-led life, if we want the exchange life, then we're going to have to do something about it to get there. We're going to have to think on those things which are above and not on the earthly, sensual things. We're going to have to watch what our eyes watch. We're going to have to be careful of what our ears hear. We're going to have to be careful of what we say. We're going to have to start thinking like God. We're going to have to see like God. We're going to have to have our affections fixed upon the things of God. Hallelujah. Our thoughts are going to, his thoughts are going to have to become our thoughts. Our words are going to have to become, his, his words are going to have to become our words. Speaking the word. He has made us living beings, but he has also made us speaking beings. We want finances to come into this, just like when I talked to Gail yesterday, and she was believing for this certain amount, I thought, whoa, I'm believing for double that. So let's get an agreement here. What are we believing for? Our, my God is a great, big, wonderful, awesome God. Hallelujah. And he can do abundantly above and beyond all that we ask or think. So we need to come into agreement that we're not just asking for one or two souls a week. No, I want them lined up at the door, glory to God. Look, wanting that exchange life, looking for that spirit-led life. Surrendering themselves unto the Father. Hallelujah. Speaking the things of God. Renewing our mind to the Word of God. In order to have that exchange life, we're going to have to put self aside. We can't always do everything because it feels good. We can't. We're going to have to lay it down. You know, it feels good sometimes for some of you men to be one of the boys and listen to some things that you know you shouldn't be listening to. Feels good, women, to our flesh. Just go shopping and say, whoa, wow, that's a sale. I think I'll get that. Then you go home, doesn't fit, and you don't like it, and never wear it. Flesh. Me, 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 me. My, 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 my. Self, 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 self. Myself. We're going to have to die. We're going to have to die. If we want that exchange life, then we're going to have to lay self aside to get it. Sometimes we just sit around wishing and hoping that we had something better. Heard somebody say one time that we need, uh, we're going to have to get a backbone, just not a wishbone. Amen? If we want something different. We're going to have to do something about it. And then when the others sometimes that are walking in the blessing of God, then we get jealous because their life is victorious and get the molly grubs as to, well, why isn't mine working? It's not working the plan. Not working the plan. Are you just wishing and hoping that your lifestyle would be different? Or just wishing that and, and not having a relationship with the Father? Or just wishing that you could have peace in your life, but yet 
You don't want to spend any time with him? We still letting the flesh rule. How bad do you want the exchanged life? We want victory over our problems, and we're going to have to do something besides just wish for it. We've got to be determined. We're going to have to refuse to settle for anything less than what God has for us. We're going to have to think right. We're going to have to line our thoughts up with the Word of God. We, we can't be passive in this. We're going to have to set our mind on the things above for a day. No, we're going to set our mind on the things above and keep them there. Keep our mind, our affection set on the things above. Be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, never wavering. Galatians 2.20 says, It's no longer I that lives, but Christ lives in me. We're going to have to take on the attributes, attributes of Christ. No more up and down. You know, have you ever known people that are up one day and down another? You never know if you're going to have to throw your hat in when you go see them, if they're going to be in a mood, or if they're okay. Never know. We know a, a walk with the Lord can change all of that. Because He's constant. He never changes. Hallelujah. He never has PMS. He never has hormone things. He never has hot flashes, praise God. And I don't know what you men go through. I'm just talking because I'm a woman. Amen? He changes not. He is always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He doesn't have a midlife crisis. He's the same. We're going to have to be like that. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. Dying to self. Look at verse 16. This is a way to have victory over sin. This, I say, walk in the Spirit. Well, hello, that's not anything... You know, earth-shaking, walk in the Spirit. And you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, lust, for the flesh, lust is against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the Spirit, then you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, we've already seen this, haven't we? Fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of thee which I tell you before, as I've told you in the past, they, that which, though they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Simply put, we're to live by the Spirit and not the flesh. That's what those verses just said. Die to self. Live by the Spirit and not the flesh. You know, the Bible says we have a choice. Life, death, blessing, or cursing. Matthew 6, 24 says that we cannot serve. Let's turn there. I like this. Matthew 6, 24. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. We're dead to sin, so we're going to have to live like it. Give you an example. You know, I could go down to uh, Judd Price's funeral home and get the body of a dead man. 
we could set it up over here. And we could get some good-looking young chick dressed, barely, with all the bees hanging out, the first one being bellies. I'll let you figure out the next two. <laughs> and prance her up and down in front of that dead man. What's he going to do? What's he going to do? He's not going to whistle at her? He's not going to say, hey, want to go to Tom's? He's not going to go to try to talk to her? He's not going to try to grab her? Why? Because he's dead. He's dead. He's not going to do anything. You've never seen anybody over here across the street jump out of the grave and go down to Tom's and get drunk. Why? They're dead. They're dead. That's the way we're going to have to visualize ourselves. That we are going to have to be dead to sin and not live in it any longer. Self. Now, if there was a live man over there and we pranced that girl up and down in front of him with the three bees hanging out, she'd probably get whoo-hoo, whistle, hey, good looking, what you got cooking? You know? I mean, there could be some comments. Why? Because that's our flesh. That's our flesh. But when we're dead to sin and alive unto God, then we won't fulfill the things of the flesh. Amen? And this happens when we become a Christian. Now, it takes a while for our flesh to line up with the Word of God. I understand that. But when you believed, when you repented, and when you confessed Jesus as your Lord, then He gave you an exchanged life. You changed. You exchanged your life for His. And then we have to think like He thinks. We have to see like He sees. We have to do like He does. Amen? Amen. In order to have the victory. So we live in this body, but we live by the faith in the Son of God. In other words, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, not on our flesh. And as a Christian, our primary focus doesn't, is not to be on what pleases me, but what pleases Him. If I'd done what pleased me, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Because I said, ministry, you have got to be kidding me. I didn't marry no preacher, and I ain't married to one now. I had to line some things up. Flesh. We don't always want to do things that God wants us to do. But our primary focus is to please Him and not us. And it's impossible to do that without dying to self. You know, we live in a world that self is exalted above every, everything else. Selfishness is rampant. Me, mine, my, myself. I want to do what I want to do. We sacrifice relationships, values, beliefs to please myself. So we must decide, saints, old life, new life. Death, life. Darkness or light. Despair or hope. Bondage or freedom. Weakness or strength? 
What are we going to choose? What are we going to choose? It's time to lay self aside and walk in the exchange life that's been given us. We've been bought with a price. And it works if you work the plan. You just be doers of the word. You can be free. No more bondage. You can be free. And he will strengthen you. He will help you. I hear people say all the time, I just, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You can't do it in and of yourself. But with him, you can do it. Because he's your strength. And he is going to strengthen you. Believe me, he will strengthen you. I've seen it in my own life of his grace, his ability, his power within me to continue on to do what he's called me to do. In and of myself, hey, I'd be home in bed, curled up, depressed on Prozac or whatever that stuff is. No, I'm serious. Self. 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 We have to die. We need a dead church. We need a dead church. Not in our services, but we need a dead church where every one of us die to self. Well, what church do you go to? That dead church up there on the hill? And then they come and they see we're pretty, pretty wild. They'll wonder what that means. Well, see, it's an opportunity to tell them about the exchange life. Amen? Hallelujah. The exchange life. Walking in it in a greater, more powerful way than we ever have before. Let's pray.